Welcome to the Friday Night Ohio podcast powered by Goodwill. The Goodwill Drive to Victory donation drive featured Louisville and Central Catholic this past week. Louisville won the challenge and the $250 scholarship. I'm Chris Bevan of the Kent Repository, along with Joe Scalzo, Mike Popovich, and Jim Thomas from The Rep. The final Friday of the high school football regular season is a wrap, and it was an interesting night. Hoover gets a big win, but does not make the playoffs. Marlington suffers a tough loss, but appears the Dukes will extend their season. The Pac-7 could have uh, five teams in the playoffs. The Federal League will have just one, the McKinley Bulldogs, who play tomorrow or Saturday against Maslin. We're recording this, obviously, on Friday night. And Joe Scalzo will bring you in first to talk about uh, some of the playoff situations and how things unfolded and uh, kind of a a brutal night for the Federal League in that regard. Yeah, I mean, it was it was kind of a 50 50 shot for Hoover uh, coming into the game. And and they, you know, they ended up beating Jackson. And and I think they're going to finish ninth or 10th or something in Division two, Region seven, which is kind of been covered. It's just a brutal region this year. And it it wasn't that strong the last couple of years. And it's 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 mostly strong. There's a couple of teams that I don't. I don't, I don't know Worcester being one of them that doesn't belong there in the playoffs at all. But uh, yeah, I mean, you look at Hoover; they lost to Bishop Hartley, which is a, a number one seed in Division Three. You know, they lost to McKinley, which is you know an eight and one team that's going to playoffs in Division One, and uh, they lost to Akron East, which is you know a, again a really good Division Three playoff team. And and you know they they get punished for playing really quality competition out of out of conference and you know I, I feel like they're unquestionably one of the eight best teams in in division two region seven and probably a top 10 team in division two period and uh they're going to be sitting at home you know the, the other thing is i mean perry's going to be home lakes and be home but you know that, that that's not as big of a, an issue for me as as hoover being home and 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 you know the federal league's down but they should have more than one team in yeah, Hoover, like you mentioned, tests itself. And, and now looking back, they would have been better served to play, say, Firestone instead of East and you know maybe gobbled up a second City Series team that's in the bottom tier instead of playing Hartley. And I think the, the thing that really stands out, you singled out Worcester, and that's because you know last week, week nine, both of those teams had open dates and it would have been a, a great thing if they'd been able to play each other. They did not. Worcester did gobble up uh, Akron Firestone while uh, Hoover went down into Columbus and played a really good Hartley team. So I, obviously that that would uh, have changed things if you maybe reversed those opponents. Yeah, and, and you know obviously Worcester's not going to last in, in the playoffs, and, and the whole point of the tournament is to figure out who's the best team in the state. So it's you, you don't want to just reward teams with with playoff bursts, you know that that aren't going to contend. But I, I I feel like Hoover is the type of team that could that could beat anybody in Division Two, Region Seven, maybe not Maslin, but anybody else. They, they definitely could play with Maslin probably with yeah. the way Connor Ashby's throwing the ball. The, the type of offensive line that the, that Hoover has, that's the, that team, if you were just going by what you're looking at, you're like, oh, that's a playoff team. Yeah, I mean, the other thing is, Canal Winchester went 9-1, and one, and they're they're not in either. So, you know, it just it, some of it's just bad luck. I mean, every year there's a region or two that maybe has this, this phenomenon where, you know, good teams are left out. But, I mean, Perry, I think, is going to be like – 12th or 13th or 14th and they would make the playoffs in the other three regions in division two so there's just this this region is geographically maddening i think there's 11 different counties representative and and you know so that's what happens you get everybody spread out and they're not playing each other and and uh you know it's just i think it's frustrating for for us who 
who want to see good teams get rewarded. And you saw that happen in Division Three. We'll talk about that in a minute with the Lions and Marlington, but it didn't happen with Hoover, and, and that's a shame. We're going to mention uh, that right now. We'll talk about Division Three with with Alliance and Marlington. That looked like it was going to be a winner take all situation, both for the EBC title and for the playoff spot. But it appears that uh, both those schools are going to survive and see Week Eleven, Joe. Yeah, and and you know that's another region that that's really been competitive. But you know the two EBC teams, they were the best EBC teams. They were teams that challenged themselves outside of conference. You'd like to see them get rewarded. And, uh, you know, how about Alliance? That's a big win for them. I think that was a really impressive one. I think I thought they had a chance of winning that, but it looks like they controlled the game pretty well. So, so good for both those teams. And, and you know, we, <laughs> we'll take a, another shot at the EBC. We're not happy that they bounced Louisville, and Louisville certainly is, you know, probably would beat both those teams, I would think, or at least, you know, they might be favored. And, and there's, you know, they're going to be sitting home in week 11. But at the same time, um, they, they did play some good teams. Alliance and Marlington did. And, and so uh, happy to see them moving on. The, uh, the big star for Alliance tonight, Cameron Cox, two more defensive touchdowns. I think he has five touchdowns this year, either on defense or special teams. And in the case tonight, both of them in like a one-minute stretch in the <laughs> final two and a half minutes when Marlington had closed it. And uh, you mentioned controlling the game and reading Cliff Hickman's account on FridayNightOhio.com. You'll, you'll see that uh, Coach Whiting and Alliance really loves his defense and uh, thought they made a real statement tonight. Also making a statement tonight, as we bring in Jim Thomas, is the uh, the Pac-7. I, I don't know that anybody uh, coming into the season would have thought five teams out of the, the pack would be playing in Week 11. But if uh, JoeItel.com is correct, which it almost 99.9% of the time is correct, uh, we're going to see five teams in. Well, it's pretty crazy uh, this year because... You knew that Manchester, which has now clinched its 24th playoff spot, was probably going to be in the playoffs with uh, Ethan Wright back. So that was the one team. But, I mean, everybody else, there was a lot of question marks. Uh, Loudonville was 0-10 last year. They're in the playoffs at 5-5. They won a game tonight that they had to win to to get in and they did. Tuslaw needed to win tonight. They were 2 and 8 last year. They're in the playoffs at 6 and 4. They won a game they had to win. CVCA, they won a game they had to win against Manchester. So they're in the playoffs in Division 4. And then you've got Orville that hadn't been in the playoffs since 2011, hadn't had a winning season since 2011. They go 8 and 2 and win their first outright Pac-7 title. So you've got teams that have made great strides in a year, and uh, it's been a real competitive conference all season long. Yeah, Tusla, I think, is probably the, the most impressive turnaround within the county. Uh, obviously, Loudonville in that league, but we're talking within Stark County. Tusla, 2-8 and eight last year, Jim? 2-8 and eight to 6-4. and four. And, and making the playoffs, had the, the big, big win last week against Northwest that, that really propelled them, won the Blue Cup, uh, the rivalry game with Fairless. But just an impressive second half of the the season by the Mustangs after they had lost. I think it was three in a row to start pack play against three top tier exactly. teams, but but they were able to to find themselves. Well, that's Briar Marthy. Obviously, has carried him. He had another huge game, 176 yards. I think he had three back to back to back 200 yard plus games. Uh, almost had a thousand yards in the last uh, four games of the season alone. Uh, and then junior quarterback Austin Cordero threw two touchdown passes in bad weather conditions. So he's really matured in his his first year as a starting quarterback. And uh, you know, it's it's good for second year coach. 
coach Mark Gulling to go out there and make this improvement. And, and it's their first time since 08 they're in the playoffs, so good for the Mustangs. The IVC North is where we find a couple of more Stark County teams that will be uh, heading into the playoffs. We'll bring in Mike Popovich to talk about uh, what happened for the IVC. Well, uh, Sandy Valley and East Canton both clinching playoff bursts tonight. Uh, Sandy Valley beating Mar- or Malvern 41-6. to um, it was a good chance Sandy Valley was going to get in the playoffs, uh, even though they didn't control their own destiny going in. And now it's kind of uh, it's kind of up in the air where they're going to uh, end up uh, in uh, Division Five, Region Seventeen, which includes Orville, Manchester, and Tuscola out of the Pac Seven. Uh, looks like they're either going to finish sixth or seventh. Um, and it kind of depends on what's going to happen with Wycliffe, who's right below them, and. Wycliffe's position will be determined by uh, a Cleveland Senate League game tomorrow between uh, Collinwood and Lincoln West. So, uh, you know, Sandy Valley's going to have to wait and see what happens there. They could drop to seventh and play Manchester in the opening round. They could remain at uh, number six and play. uh, uh, There's still a scramble above them who they're going to play, but they're going to be either in the uh, sixth or seventh spot. Uh, Tussle is going to be in eighth, and they're going to play Orville in round one. And then East Canton, uh, first time in uh, school history, they've clinched uh, the playoffs three straight years under Spider Miller. Uh, And they're going to get a home game next week uh, in uh, Division 7, Region 25. Uh, It could be a rematch with Valley Christian, who they uh, defeated in the first round last year. they could face uh, Ashbeville St. John, maybe even Tusky Central Catholic out of the IVC. Their playoff uh, position is still up in the air. So uh, our uh, return to the playoffs for East Canton, Sandy Valley going back for the first time since uh, 2015. For East Canton, uh, Mike, a big return with Nathan Sundheimer coming back. Uh, what do you th- of the lower teams, lower division teams? East Canton uh, is a team. I think they could be really interesting because you got a lot of playoff experience, as you mentioned, with the with the the three years in a row. But also, they've shown they can win a couple of different ways. Last year they were very run heavy. This year they've shown uh, more of a willingness to throw the ball. And when they run it, it's very diversified. A lot of different guys. Well, right. Uh, you know they've they've dealt with a lot of injuries this year. Nathaniel Sontheimer uh, being a big one. Uh, he's missed uh, most of the second half of the season uh, due to an injury. Came back uh, tonight, rushed for uh, 75 yards. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see uh, – you know where East Canton goes from here. I mean, they've had to deal with that adversity during the season uh, with Suntimer going out, and some other guys have had to step up and uh, fill the role. Uh, initially, you know, you you were kind of wondering, well, is Cody Vacco going to have to shoulder the load a lot by himself at quarterback? Uh, but they've had guys uh, come in uh, like Elijah Yoder at running back and uh, Jaron Mullah, who's had some uh, pretty good games uh, at running back coming in. So, uh, you know, those guys have been able to get that experience. And now, you know, they have some multiple options they can turn to, uh, you know, when they head into the postseason. Looking ahead to next week, the Akron Children's Hospital Game of the Week, powered by iHeartRadio, continues Friday, November 2nd, when the state playoffs begin. We will have the Maslin game on FridayNightOhio.com against an opponent to be determined. Kickoff 7 p.m. Broadcast starts at 6.30 with the Old Carolina pregame show. FridayNightOhio.com is live streaming games for the first time this season. Sam Berkwin, Jeff Shreve, and Todd Porter have provided the call throughout the season and will throughout the play 
playoffs as well. Looking at the action on the field in Week 10, uh, Joe, you probably covered maybe not just the, the game of the night, but I would say the, the game of the season, uh, arguably, with that Hoover-Jackson game. Big play after big play, never more than a one-score difference either way. Uh, just outstanding high school football. Yeah, and, and the dirty secret about uh, high school football is that most games are not good. <laughs> um, they so, have good moments. Yeah, they have good moments, and it's always fun, but, but when you you can kind of see it evolving by the middle of the third quarter. I'm like, Oh, we're getting a good one here. And it's, you know, a lot of big plays and, and, you know, it's kind of similar to last year's Jackson Hoover game, which was excellent as well. Um, it just, you know, not too many people were there because it was awful outside, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you saw two teams that, frankly, if they played ten times, you know, I think it'd be like a five-five or six-four kind of thing. So, um, you know, just one more play that that Hoover made, and and uh, boy, Jackson had a chance to to you know intercept a pass right before the game-winning touchdown, and and sometimes it's just that close. What uh, what do you think you account for with the uh, the big plays as far as two really good defensive teams, but. Uh, when you see so many 60, 75, 40-yard plays, what, what was prompting that? I mean, it could have been just because it's wet. Sometimes when you're, you're slipping on the turf or sometimes your muscles just aren't, you know, kind of firing the way that they normally are. It was kind of, you know, someone would get a lane and then they'd shoot through it. And, and the next thing you know, it was a, a big play. But and a couple of them was busted coverages. I mean, the first play of the game was a flea flicker and Jake Ryan was open by about 40 yards. I've never seen a guy that open. And uh, so I had a couple of those too, but uh, you know, the other thing is, I mean, they have, they have good players, good skill players. And, and uh, you know, so sometimes if, if you get a guy that, that has some athleticism that gets a, a lane, that's all it takes. Last time uh, it appears in 2018, that we'll see Connor Ashby at quarterback uh, thoughts on a, the development you saw this season and what people could be seeing next year from him <laughs> we were laughing about that in the press box and be like boy what, what's he going to be like in two years and you're thinking well i don't know he can't really get that much better than he is now <laughs> at some point like you're already dominating the game you're throwing from 400 yards in the biggest game of your season but uh yeah i mean some of his decision making maybe he could clean up a little bit but he he just makes everything look so easy and you you know you watching someone like that play quarterback um you know maybe he gets a little bit faster and a little bit more zip on the ball but he's already uh, his good as anybody in the in the county at playing quarterback i mean i I think he would start just about anywhere outside of maybe mckinley another guy uh, that you know we saw for the last time but we'll get more football from next year you mentioned uh ryan from jackson a wide receiver defensive back kind of guy that could be a a candidate for player of the year next year yeah and i'd I'd be interested to see if he plays quarterback next year i know he, he played a little bit growing up and and uh you know trey Wright, they're they're current quarterback's going to graduate so um you know they'll i'm sure they're going to want to to utilize him as much as possible but uh um he's not the fastest receiver but i mean when you talk about a guy that that just knows how to catch the ball and and uh you know makes big plays i mean he's as good as a wide receiver as we as we have in the county the goodwill drive to victory donation drive continued this past week at lewisville and central catholic lewisville won the donation drive and the 250 dollar scholarship going to wrap it up here uh, pretty soon a busy day tomorrow with uh on saturday with mckinley and maslin of course and uh, we have regional uh or district volleyball, regional cross country, a lot of stuff going on that these guys have to get to. 
uh, take it around the, the room here for some final thoughts and start with uh, you, Jim. What uh, as you look to Week 11? What's jumping out at you from from tonight? Well, Orville's going to be at home, and them on turf with all their skilled kids. Uh, Markel Parks, again, had another good night with last I saw on, on Twitter was at least three touchdowns. Um, if Tuslaw is going to go there and visit them, that's going to be a tough task for them with all the athletes they have. Uh, Tuslaw is going to have to count on, on Marthy to carry the load and, and just try and make it a close game and stay with it. Um, Manchester has a home game on their field. They're going to have a tough uh, – they're going to be a tough out, um, whether it's Sandy Valley it comes to visit uh, or whoever. Um, from there, that's about all I got right now. <laughs> I thought we lost you, Jim. <laughs> Mike, uh, what about you? Uh, what uh, what final thoughts you have for, as the regular season wraps up? Oh, about uh, the future, or uh, you know, it's kind <laughs> of where you want to go. With. What's kind of stood out? <laughs> all right, here's one thing I'm, I was going to throw out. Um, I, th- I think one of the things that kind of stood out to me this year was uh, how well uh, some of the young quarterbacks have been playing. I mean, we've talked about Connor Ashby tonight. I mean, we've talked about uh, Cameron Blair uh, from Sandy Valley in recent weeks and the type of great season he's had. Um, um, Aiden Longwell, who's a junior at Maslin, having a great season on a great team. And, uh, you know, another kid I saw this year who uh, is going to be back next year, Colton Jones from Louisville. Uh you know, we didn't talk about their game tonight. He threw for over 300 yards tonight, had a 99-yard touchdown completion to Bryce Zuppi, and he's going to be coming back. So, uh, um, you know, those kids have had great seasons. It's going to be interesting to see, um, you know, how uh, some of them, like Cameron Blair and Aiden Longwell, do in the playoffs this season. But it's going to be fun watching them uh, continue to grow like they have. That's a good point, uh, Mike. There has been a lot of great quarterback play. Another uh, younger quarterback and underclassman, C.J. Griner at Marlington, will be back for his senior year. We're going to bring in Joe Scalzo for his final thoughts. But before that, yeah, I don't think many of us know this. Joe has a contract uh, uh, writer that we have to mention Lake in every podcast. <laughs> so we'll give a shout-out to Cameron Martin, who went over 1,000 for the season. Uh, uh, underrated guy, maybe, because Lake flew under the radar a little bit this season. But fine season for the Blue Streak, six and four. Cameron Martin ends up with just over a thousand yards for them. And uh, Joe, what are your uh, last thoughts here for as the regular season turns into the playoffs? Well, yeah, I mean, one thought about Lake: they went one and nine last year, and they're here. They are six and four, and and you know, the previous two years before last year, they they made the playoffs at six and four. Now, I, I mean, I think those teams were probably a little bit better than this year's team, but. Um, good finish for them and, and and to me i mean this mckinley mass on tomorrow just sets up a lot uh, uh for mckinley because you know they they could move up and you know they're really up in the air in division one region one and and they could be home next week or they be, could be kind of going up to euclid which is a tough task i mean i think euclid's two losses were menor and st ignatius so um you know you, you'd like to see them maybe pull out a win you know from their standpoint to maybe avoid someone horrible in the first round although horrible meaning horrible to play <laughs> yeah i mean region one is so hard every year it's you know you could end up with like a saint ed's or something and you're well, like oh great thanks the margin for error is so thin in region one division one because if you're going on the road 
for a Stark County team, you're looking at an hour trip probably somewhere well into Cuyahoga County to play a really good football team. Yeah, I mean, and then you look at Maslin. I mean, they, last year they were in the Region 7. That was was bad. I mean, as good as it is this year, it was really bad last year. And I think they probably were able to get a jump start on what they're doing this year by benefiting from that. Um, and, you know, so... Um, getting a test from McKinley probably prepares them pretty well, but I, I think as good as they are this year, they they you know they might have a better chance of of losing in in the first three rounds than they did last year, just because I think there's so many quality teams in that region. It'll be interesting to see how things will develop. A reminder that the Akron Children's Hospital Game of the Week, powered by iHeartRadio for Friday, November 2nd, will feature the Maslin Tigers against an opponent to be determined. Broadcast starts at 6.30 with the Old Carolina pregame show on FridayNightOhio.com. Thanks for downloading and listening to the Friday Night Ohio podcast, powered by Goodwill, a podcast from the Canton Repository Sports Department. Goodwill Drive to Victory donation drive wrapped up this past week lewisville won it earning a 250 dollars scholarship check back for another podcast next week we'll be previewing the playoffs the regional quarterfinals for stark county area teams for joe scalzo mike popovich and jim thomas i'm chris bevan 